The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back. I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a good weekend. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you probably saw this, another a mass shooting here in America. And of course, uh, one thing that uh, mainstream media doesn't really want to talk about is mental health, mental wellness, which got worse in the last couple of years because of our federal government and many, many state governments and all kinds of people in power, including the mainstream media, decided to shut everything down. And people that had mental instability, mental problems before 2020, it got worse. And uh, that's all documented. That's just not that's just me just pontificating, saying things that I feel. These are realities. When you go look at the state of mental health in America, terrific. So you have this mass shooting that. All right. So a couple things I want to do here right quick. Of course, as soon as it happens, right, as soon as it happens, gunman kills 10 people, injured 10 others at a Southern California ballroom dance studio Saturday. That's the Lunar New Year celebration. So these uh, uh, in the Asian culture, obviously, that's that's where this is going. And then he actually went 30 minutes later. He tried to go to another place, the Lied Lied Ballroom. But they chased him out. They wrestled the gun away from him and chased him out. And then once cops caught up to uh, this white van where they figured he was in, they surrounded it. And when they opened the door, of course, the man had killed himself. So uh, as soon as it happened, like right after it happened, Chuck Schumer comes out, Democrat in New York, because he just can't help himself. Uh, quote, this is what he tweeted. We must stand up to bigotry and hate wherever they rear their ugly heads, and we must keep working to stop gun violence. Okay, bigotry. So what's the assumption there? Right, it's a white guy. Uh, Re- Representative Adam Schiff... Uh, said Saturday's shooting was a horrific example of needless gun violence with bigotry toward AAPI, Asian American Pacific Islander individuals, as a possible motive. Bigotry, of course. Meanwhile, many Twitter users condemned the violence, punctuating their tweets with hashtag stop Asian hate. Wisconsin State Representative Francesca Hong, sharing her condolences for the victims, tweeted, we are broken as a nation to have mass shootings and white supremacy reign terror. Then, of course, you go on a little bit further to find out that it was just this sad old Asian man. I think he was 72 and then killed himself who had been uh, uh, involved with these uh, ballroom places himself. And who knows? Still don't know the motive. But the assumption, as soon as there's a mass shooting, it's a crazy white person, probably a MAGA hat wearing white person. And boom, there you go. And so how unfortunate it is for these people that. Uh, speak before they think and rarely think. It's always a narrative with the left, <clears throat> unfortunately. And this is just, listen, this is just the natural results of idolatry. You have a worldview. You're not going to be submitting yourself to the truth. And by the way, friend, uh, if you're a conservative like me, then then we have to do the same thing. All right. We all have confirmation biases. We all have sin. And so we always have to be willing to say, okay, uh, I'm going to follow the truth wherever it leads me, and the truth as a sword, as the scriptures say, cuts both ways, right? Divides down to bone and marrow. 
The truth of God's word cuts both ways. It's not like people on the right are safe. So if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, when it comes to these stories, and this is why people will say, hey, Steve, where do you get your news? Everywhere and nowhere. Everywhere meaning I look at different sources all the time and have some friends that help me out with that. Thank, thank you, Lord. Uh, but I don't trust any one source implicitly. So I'm always looking. They're like, uh, it's like looking at a diamond that's got multiple facets. And so you have to be willing to swing your broad sword of truth in both directions. And sometimes it cuts on the right if you're a political person on the right. But not on the left, man. They just, they just, they're so good at sticking to their narrative. So there's that. And then this one. This was in, um, oh, what's the name of the website? Uh, just the News, which is actually a pretty good source. Many of the worst mass shootings post-COVID have occurred in states with tight gun laws, data, data shows. All right, so you have of the five deadliest shootings in the U.S. since 2020, four of the states in which they occurred have at least a B grade for gun laws from gun control nonprofit. Uh, that's the Giffords Law Center to prevent gun violence. Okay, so it's called the Giffords Law Grade. So if you look at Texas, that's an outlier. Of course, that's horrific. May of last year when the uh, 21, uh, 21 fatalities, 18-year-old kills 12 at Robin Elementary School. Remember that? So Texas obviously doesn't have really strict gun laws. But you go to the other places, California, just like this weekend, gets an A in terms of its gun laws. Colorado, the Boulder grocery store shooting in 2021, got a B in terms of its gun laws. New York, 10 dead, racially motivated Buffalo supermarket shooting. Remember that? In May of 2022, they had an A-. California had an A. That was the Santa Clara Valley Transportation Authority. And so you look at places where they have the, the strongest gun restriction laws, and they still have these mass shootings in a place like Illinois, and Chicago specifically, where it's the wild, wild west. The issue is not gun laws. It's not even guns. But that doesn't fit the narrative. It can't be people. It can't be mental health because that doesn't fit the narrative. Now, for us as Christians, it, it's like, yeah, it's a sin issue, right? Just like racism. Everything's a sin issue. Every story I'm going to go through today until we talk to David Fisher in the fourth segment is a sin issue. Every single one of them. And so you understand these are matters of the human heart, which affects the human mind. And the human mind can be broken. We know that. But, but mainstream media, they filter all this through what? Mostly just their political biases, their worldview biases, and very few of them. Even places like Daily Wire and The Blaze, there's not, it's not like everybody's out there is working with a strong biblical worldview. Most of them are not. And, and we, all, we, being followers of Christ, all have to be willing to hold up the unsympathetic sort of truth to all these stories. And then just when this stuff is hitting... When you're reading about it, you see the tweet, whatever, then just be a person of prayer. Just pray. And whenever I'm reading it, I'm like, Lord, please help these families. Lord, please somehow reach these families. Somehow may the kingdom grow and may these people be ministered to. Minister to them in their grief, Lord. Just little things here and there. That's us. We're the only ones that are going to do that, friends. You and me, followers of Jesus Christ. We're the only ones bringing the supernatural to the table. And we have to do that. As you grieve over the breaking news, as you get angry or whatever your emotional response is, are we are we just playing like everybody else? No, we need to be praying in the spiritual side of all this. Just as this stuff, if it gets you going, if it's affecting you emotionally and you know it's just grieving the heart of God to look at. Just think of how you get affected when your kids go off the rails, do dumb stuff, hurt themselves, hurt others, make bad choices. I mean, it's infinitely worse for the, the God of heaven to see his creation, his special creation, mankind, doing this to one another and to ourselves. we got a lot more to get through. 
as we continue to unapologetically apply a biblical worldview. This is Steve Noble. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. So, uh, Joe Biden, they found some more classified documents at Joe's home in uh, Wilmington. That's my Joe Biden impersonation. So here we go. This was just the other day. This just keeps coming. Now, what's really interesting to me about the whole Biden document thing, and and yes, my Christian friend, uh, we should be praying for Joe Biden. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, the whole nine. And people on the right, you, I hope you don't assume that all the Republicans in Congress are all uh, full of the spirit because they're not. OK, so we should be praying for all of them. So don't just uh, bash Biden, crack jokes about Biden, get mad about Biden. Uh, make sure you're praying for the man. And I need to remind myself of that as often as you need reminding of it as well. OK, so remember, Christian first, American second. The Justice Department seized additional classified records from President Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home after an FBI search on Friday, this past Friday. On January 20, 2023, the FBI executed a planned consensual search. See how they're controlling that whole thing with his lawyers and stuff? Uh, a president's residence in Wilmington, Delaware, U.S. Uh, U.S. Attorney, Assistant U.S. Attorney, U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Illinois, told Fox News Saturday. Biden's personal attorney, Bob Bauer, said Saturday evening the search covered all working, living, and storage spaces in the home. Isn't it interesting that all his attorneys are involved? Because like, hey, we're, hey we're, we're trying to help here. We, we, we know this, is, this can't happen. We know that. And so just some mistakes were made, and Biden can sit there and go, oh, golly. Uh, God, I, uh, yeah, I take this seriously. Uh, you know, the... Do you like my Corvette? Uh, DOJ had full access to the president's home, including personally handwritten notes, files, papers, binders, memorabilia, yada, yada. DOJ took possession of materials it deemed within the scope of its inquiry, including six items consisting of documents with classification markings and surrounding materials, some of which were from the president's service in the Senate and some of which were from his tenure as vice president, Bauer said. DOJ also took uh, took for further review personally handwritten notes from the vice presidential years. And some people in the mainstream media, CNN, MSNBC, are starting to get a little perturbed that they're not getting good answers from the White House on this, which is enjoyable to watch. So wh- what's what's going on there? Is that a plant? Is that uh, is the Democrat machine just trying to move uh, Joe Biden out of the way so that he's not running for the presidency uh, because he's so old and he's obviously kind of losing it? What What's actually happening there? Then it, that took me over to this other story. Comer investigating Biden, Biden family, like tracking a bleeding, bleeding bear through a snowstorm. That's a great quote. Representative James Comer from Kentucky, a Republican, on Sunday gave the latest rundown of House Republicans' investigation into President Biden and his family, making various claims of connections to China and stating there was evidence everywhere, quote-unquote, of wrongdoing. I mean, this isn't the most complex investigation on the planet, Comer said. Investigating Hunter, the Biden family, is like tracking a bleeding bear through a snowstorm. I mean, there's evidence everywhere. Comer, the newly appointed chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, began his tenure earlier this month by making good on promises to probe Biden and his family's finances by requesting information from the Treasury Department. Comer asked for documents and information on Biden's family businesses, including any suspicious activity reports generated by banks in relation to the Biden family. The Kentucky Republican claimed that the Biden family has numerous connections to the Chinese Communist Party before addressing the discovery of a classified documents found at Biden's former office and in his Wilmington, Delaware home. Quote, it's very startling 
And with respect to the documents, I took the president at his word when he first set the when the first set of documents were found at the Biden Center for Diplomacy that he just ended up verbally misplaced those documents. But now this has gone from just simply being irresponsible to downright scary, he said. Comer has formally asked for visitor logs for Biden's residence over the documents matter. The White House Counsel's Office later said that there were no visitor logs for Biden's private home. <laughs> so convenient. Comer said he would be requesting information from the Secret Service to investigate the situation further, but added that the White House hasn't responded. It's very concerning, he said. Okay, so we'll see. Unfortunately, are you there with me now? Unfortunately, I'm like, I really want to see the actual criminals actually perp-walked. People that are actually breaking the law. Biden and his son are doing all this stuff. I I want justice. Trump's doing things. I want justice. If you're a Christian, you should want justice. Right? Now, for us in our personal sin, the last thing we want is justice because nobody, nobody's getting out alive. And that's uh, where Christ comes into the picture and why we should all be amazed by his grace, right? But in this stuff, just justice, just pray for justice, pray for truth, for truth to be revealed and for justice to roll down like a river. That's what we want here. And we have a president of the United States right now that I think <laughs> is probably pretty dirty not to mention the fact that he's pretty unable to do the job just based on his age and what's going on with him mentally (sighs) wow but at least the border's secure right according to mayorkas the border's secure i don't know there's nothing to see here what are you guys doing it only takes a couple hours for the president to pop in on a sunday look everything's fine Everybody, get back to your Netflix series or whatever you're watching. Record high 250,000 illegal immigrant encounters across the U.S.-Mexico border in December alone. The number of illegal immigrants encounters across the U.S. border for December 2022 rose to a monthly record with the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol reporting a figure that topped a quarter of a million. 251,487 to be exact, surpasses the previous record of 241,136 in May 2022. It's also 7% higher than the month earlier number of 234 grand and change. The most recent tally also far surpasses December enforcement encounters in the prior two years, 179 in 2021, 179,000. That's bad. But go back to December of 2020. What? What is this? December of 2020. Down to 73,994. Now, what's the difference between the border policies in December of 2020 and December of 2021 and December of 2022? What's the big difference there, class? Oh, that's right. Who was the president? Despite the record-breaking figure, CBP Acting Commissioner Troy Miller, Customs and Border Patrol, said that the Biden administration's effort at the border have been effective. (laughs) Can I see your dictionary, sir? Like, what dictionary shows that the definition of effective means things are getting worse? Maybe that's it. Wow. Could have a bright moment there where my driveway makes it all the way to the street. Maybe it is effective because they have more and more people coming in. And that's exactly what the Biden administration and the Democrat Party wants. After all, like Chuck Schumer said, well, we, we don't have enough. We're not cranking out enough babies in this country, which is why we need more immigrants to come in and do jobs that you rich white lazy Americans won't do. And so that's it. And that's why I've lost my junk every time I've remembered Schumer talking about this two months ago. Hey, Chucky, you might want to look to the 62 million dead children in um, 
55 gallon drums that have been eliminated in the last, I don't know, almost 50 years since Roe versus Wade. You might want to look there. Here's the other scary side of this that I want to hit to when we, when we come back, I'll just give you the title. And then I have a couple other stories I want to get to, including, uh, having nothing too good to say about a particular congressman from the great state of North Carolina where I live. But this one, terror watch list arrests at southern border soar under Biden administration. So these are people caught at the southern border that are actually on the terror watch list. The number of people on the nation's terror watch list who have been arrested at the southern border has soared under the Biden administration. U.S. Customs and Border Protection data jumped from just three arrests of individuals from the list at the border in 2020 to nearly 100 in 2022. These are actual people on the actual terror watch list coming across our not so actual southern border. We'll pick it up there when we come back. Welcome back. It's Garage Band Steve Noble Radio Show today without my intern here in the studio. So I'm back to the old days where I'm flipping all the switches myself, which gets a little dangerous. Uh, but just in case you're wondering, this this really when I say garage band, I'm not being completely facetious and it's not like super hy- hyperbolic. OK, when I say that, <laughs> because this is uh you know, we have a great reach. I praise the Lord for that. We're on 35 radio stations. We praise the Lord for that. And uh, we got Facebook Live, When My Intern's Here, which is almost all the time. We're on Rumble as well. We have the podcast. So it's not an insignificant platform. I, I talk to more people in a week than probably 95% of pastors do. Okay, so it's a, but it's, it's not like this is Glenn Beck, Sean Hannity, anything of that, like the Blaze or Daily Wire. It's not like that. So we really do operate on a pretty skinny budget. And uh, we just had the little two-room office studio here, and it's me and my intern and our friends at Truth Radio, but mostly it's me and my intern, Josh. And he posts the podcasts, and we get the heat, you know, gets the Facebook Live and the Rumble going, and we have our equipment here in the studio, and and that's it. It's really not – I don't have somebody doing research. I don't have somebody – I don't have anybody. I have the Lord. (laughs) And Josh helps me with the things that I uh, can't do and don't have time to do and – and just physically can't do when I'm doing the radio show. Uh, and But that's it. It's not like there's some kind of research team out there and people uh, preparing everything and dropping it on my desk, and then we hit the, the go button at 4.06 p.m. Eastern time. No, it's, it's the Lord's just enabled us to do this. And uh, this plus teaching, and I feel uh, quite content that I'm doing what the Lord has called me to do. And uh, it, whether it doesn't, you don't measure faithfulness by the size of your platform. You're just faithful with whatever. So I'm trying to be faithful with airtime and with these 160 students I have every week. And my faithfulness is the same basic issue that you have in your world, in your life, at your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family, with your friends, whatever the situation may be. And I'm not like like I'm some kind of a better Christian or something just because I'm here. I'm just different. We're all on the same wall. Go read Nehemiah chapter two. We're all on the same wall and we have different places. And just because my place is a little more noticeable than your place publicly doesn't mean it's more important. It's just different. So don't, and I used to struggle with this all the time, comparing myself to other Christian broadcasters. And and if I'm not as big as them, then I'm a loser. Well, that's ridiculous. I had a friend years ago when I was just complaining that, you know, I'm only on like seven or eight stations and da, 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 da. And he's like, Steve, really? 
You you talk to more people every week than most people do, and you act like that means nothing. That was a that was those were the those were the wounds of a friend as opposed to the kisses of an enemy, right? And I needed to hear that, and I and I occasionally still need to hear it today. So, anyway, I don't even know why I went down that rabbit trail. It's good to be here, and <laughs> I appreciate you. And uh, it's very humbling that you spend choose any of your God given time to to listen to me. Okay, back to this terror watch list thing. This is really important. In 2023, a total of 38 individuals on the terror watch list have been arrested already at the southern border, pacing ahead of last year's high of 98. Okay, so just this year, it's January 23rd, and there's been 38 individuals on the terror watch list that have been arrested at the southern border. Last year, the total was like 98, and now we're already at 38. In 2021, Biden's first year in office, 15 arrests of individuals from the terror watch list occurred at the southern border, while the number was five times higher than... Then the last year under the Trump administration, the statistics have spiked since 2022. During the four years under then-President Donald Trump, only 11 individuals from the terror watch list were arrested. 11 in four years. As the Daily Wire reported, last month's numbers combined with the first two months of fiscal year 2023, October and November, put the U.S. on track to have more than 2.87 million illegal alien encounters on the U.S. border this year. December statistics also marks 10 straight months of 200,000-plus migrant encounters on the nation's southern border. It, I mean, it's a train wreck. And, and could, have you ever pondered why America on our own soil hasn't been hit by, like, just a backpack suicide bomber type thing? Have you ever wondered that? That's amazing to me since, that since 9-11 we haven't had just, like, suicide bombers getting in here. Islamic suicide bombers and backpack thing, just like in, in a Starbucks or something at a target, whatever. That's amazing to me. And then I think, does God, does if God is being kind to America, like why, <laughs> why should he be kind to us? Well, because America's a Christian nation, Steve. Well, we came out of that soil. I agree. But do you think we're really uh, the apple in God's eye today with all the sin on our ledger? I don't think so. But God's grace is just amazing, isn't it? I mean, mercy triumphs over judgment. I mean, but sometimes God's judgment is just, okay, have it your way. Like the old hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special orders don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us serve it your way. Remember that? If you're my age, you remember that. <clears throat> well, sometimes that's what God does. Fine. Have it your way. All right, here's one person that I wish wasn't having their way. If you're here in North Carolina, listen up. And if particularly you're in the North Carolina 10th Congressional District, which kind of is up in uh, southwest of Winston-Salem, northwest of Charlotte. So it's kind of up there, Hickory, Statesville, Gastonia, the, the western edge of Gastonia, and that part of the state, the 10th District. Uh, your Republican representative in Congress is Representative Patrick McHenry who's now the chief of the House Committee overseeing banks. Uh, Now that his side is in power in the House, he apparently sees his role not as fighting wokeness in the industries he helps regulate, but in institutionalizing it. What? You might be one of those people who wonders, how come we vote Republican uh, when we vote Republican? Things don't seem to change. I know I I am. And so here's this is the called the, the name of this article is the DEI Republicans. Do you know, friend, what DEI is yet? If I say DEI. You should know that. That should, that should click for you now. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. 
Just remember that, okay? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's like the White House, the Biden White House. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. All right? So that's DEI. The fool says in his heart, finally, with the GOP in charge of the House, wokeness will be rolled back. Not so fast. Democrats may have lost control of the House of Representatives, but it appears Republicans are embracing their legacy of so-called diversion, uh, diversity and inclusion. Republican Congressman Patrick McHenry, 10th Congressional District here in North Carolina, now the chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, announced earlier this month that there would be six subcommittees. All of them will count advancing diversity and inclusion as one of their top priorities, according to the committee's announcement. The subcommittee on capital, capital markets, for example, led by Republican Ann Wagner of Missouri, uh, will identify, quote, best practices and policies that continue to strengthen diversity and inclusion in the capital markets industry. And the subcommittee on oversight and investigation, led by Republican Bill Heisinger of Michigan, is tasked with making sure there is, quote, agency and programmatic commitment to diversity and inclusion policies. What? What? I don't get it. Honestly, I do not. The author of this article writes in the American conservative. What do Republicans believe? Are they so afraid of being called bigots by the media that they allow programs built on left wing bigotries, bigot bigotries that harm those most likely to vote Republican, that they won't even defend people who vote for them and principles that they purport to stand for? Could it be that they will always, always defer to the cultural preoccupations of their class? And could it be that conservatives end up having to vote for these creeps anyway, because it will be worse because uh, it will be worse with the Democrats. So that's my question, Representative McHenry. Why in the world, with the power that you have as the chief of the House Committee overseeing banks, why in the world, that's the House Financial Services Committee, why in the world would you be advancing DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, which means uh, it doesn't, we're getting rid of, this is what this country's getting, we're getting rid of uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream. Hey, I, I don't want people judged by the color of their skin or your sexual preference or your gender identity, whatever. I want you judged by the content of your character. Right? Just how most of us live. That is a normal conservative to principle. Normal rational, right? Critical thinking. I have three candidates in front of me in the best interest of the job, the company, the country, the organization, whatever. I want to pick the best one. I don't necessarily uh, care whether they're black or white or male or female or gay, straight, bisexual, whatever. My first priority is, can this person, is this the best person for the job? And so if you're in Congressional District 10 here in North Carolina, you might want to call Patrick McHenry's office and say, what's he doing advancing the DEI agenda as a so-called conservative? Is he just another establishment rhino swamp rat? I, I don't know the guy, but this isn't good. So if you're in the 10th District in North Carolina, you should probably send an email or make a call. Then there was this. There's two things. I'm going to get to these. I don't have time to do it today. <clears throat> But the justices don't want to know who leaked Dobbs. Remember, they leaked the opinion, Alito's opinion. I want to get to that. That'll probably be tomorrow. And then this is a really important article I want to get to. Losing their religion, why U.S. churches are on the decline. On the decline, in a big way, by the way. So this is just preparing us and mostly preparing our children, the next generation or two, for the kind of America they're going to inhabit, the kind of America we're going to hand to them. And it doesn't look at all like the America you and I have grown up in. That's why we have to do our best to educate them. That's why I do that uh, every week. NobleUSchool.com. That's where I do that in person and now online. 
And we'll keep talking about that when we come back. Our friend David Fisher. Don't go anywhere. One of the better introductions in all of rock and roll there on that one. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. It is a Monday, so we'll do a, a Money Monday update with our good friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital. And on the on the break, I was talking to my uh, Facebook Live friends on the break, uh, on the um, on the commercial break, if you're on radio, you listen to the commercials, praise the Lord for that. <laughs> uh, but on, if you're on Facebook Live, and usually we're on Rumble as well, but my intern's out today. So then we have conversations there, and I was just talking about, hey, listen, if you think America is a Christian nation today, largely in her operation, she is not. That's a, now you want to talk about that historically. Okay, I'm with you. We can get into that. But in terms of how we operate today, so the question is, is I'm, I walk through all these stories, and we're going to do this Money Monday update with our friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital, LandmarkGold.com. Then the question is, like, what, what's the deal? How do we see anything ultimately change for the better in this country? we got to remember the answer is not political. It's spiritual. And so we're going to start with a passage of Scripture today that takes you right to that reality. David, it's great to hear from you. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great and always great to be on your program. So good to have you on. And uh, and it's uh, it's great timing as usual. The Lord's just uh, kind of connecting our, our brains in the way that we're thinking. You picked <laughs> Zechariah 4.6. And I was literally just talking about this subject before I even looked at oh, wow. uh, your passage of Scripture here. So it's great timing. We praise the Lord for that. So let's start there. And then we've got some real serious updates to do. So the Scripture says, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. So I'm going to relate this to a personal experience. I just started taking golf lessons, even though I've been golfing for 12 years, so you can imagine how bad I am. <laughs> uh, and I did take them when I first started 12 years ago, but my instructor then, compared to now, taught me something completely different. And it's those that play golf, it's a relax, don't get tight. Uh, enjoy yourself. Uh, the, it's not grab, grab it hard like a bat. Right. It's very loose and fluid. I am just like the opposite. I'm like a baseball player or a bowler in the China, China shop playing golf. <laughs> so it's like this is the by the might of David type of deal. Right. I need to rest and come to the scripture sometimes in my own personal life because I'm a kind of a and sometimes this is not a proudful thing. I'm kind of a let's get this thing done kind of guy. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and very task-orientated, very type A personality. Uh, let's help people on out on to the next person. And my schedule is usually back-to-back, because especially in this environment. So this scripture is a self-reflecting one, mm-hmm. but also causes me to think that, you know, we should pray for our leaders. Because I can get angry, and I did earlier this morning being on national radio on a different program about how we're just so disconnected uh, financially and it's a spiritual thing really is what it comes down to we're not taking you know our commitment to our 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 country our leaders aren't and to our four founding fathers 
that founded this nation upon biblical principles that you have to have just weights and measures. You have to keep your financial house in order, your okay. spiritual house in order, all these things in order, and we're completely out of order. And unfortunately, I think we're going to pay for sin for or the wages we'll pay for our sinning financially. But this is a great scripture to remind us in so many different areas of our life. Yeah, this is the word of the Lord. Not by my might, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, which is always we always have to remember. Yeah, there's things going on in the flesh. We we live in a flesh and blood world. There's things that go on in the material world. But ultimately, everything's spiritual. Just remember that phrase, everybody. Everything is spiritual, which is why we encounter all these different stories or breaking news or whatever's going on in your life. That's why prayer is so important. So thanks, as always, uh, David, for bringing that to us and starting us out the right way. The Fed's in a blackout period. Uh, what does that mean, and how long might that last? So it, it means uh, ten, usually about 10 calendar days, uh, excuse me, business days, where the Fed officials don't talk, they don't give their opinions before a major Fed uh, board announcement. And so this goes into effect for for that period of time. And the reason simply is, is there might be some Fed officials, and there are, that differ with the actual uh, quorum of the Fed or the Fed chairman. They might have a different opinion. Uh, and so if that person is saying their opinion loud and clear right before a Fed meeting, and then to come out with a Fed meeting saying something completely different, it's very confusing. The market, It's very opposite of what the market was thinking because it came from the Fed. The Fed doesn't like that. Or excuse me, the, op, the, the markets don't like that uncertainty. So years ago, the Fed implemented this blackout period. So we're in that. And February 1st, we're going to have a Fed announcement on interest rates. Yeah, and so what uh, what might we be looking at for the Fed and what they're doing with rates in 2023? So there's an 80% chance that they're going to raise rates by a quarter of a point uh, to 45 to 4.75. Eventually, we're going to get rates over 5%, uh, probably sooner rather than later. Uh, then the pause is going to happen. We got a little glimpse. John Williams, the pr- uh, Fed president of New York, said on Friday that uh, it's clear that our monetary policy has still more work to do to bring inflation down to our 2% goal. He also said it's critical that we stay the course until the job is done. He also says, I think we still have a long ways to go. So the Fed is saying more pain. Wall Street is saying bye, bye, bye. Uh, but Mike uh, Wilson is saying this market is not done going down. He came out on Friday and said that, and he was the number one analyst on Wall Street last year. I tend to listen to his advice uh, because uh, that's what is being said. Uh, and if you remember, we have the same type of sentiment. sentiments. In 1968 to 82, we had 14 years of downward in stocks. The, NAS, or the S&P went down 64% wow. during a recession. Inflationary time also. 2000, it took three years. The market went down 50 plus percent. In 2007, it took a four year recovery because the market went down 57 percent. So I'd be really, really careful buying in this market right now. Yeah, I got to be very, very careful. What about the debt ceiling? We talked about that before. I talk about that pretty regularly on the show. Any, any news there? So we got new news. Janet Yellen said on Friday that we have until June 5th to keep the lights on. In other words, she's going to rob Peter to pay Paul. 
She's robbing from the G Fund, the Disability Fund, the Pension Fund. In other words, she's just taking money out of those funds and paying the interest rate, paying Social Security checks, veterans checks, paying people who liquidate Treasury bills. You've got to have money to buy those back. And so the, it may seem like we have this same thing over again. Uh, they're bickering. The politicians will eventually get down at the last minute. That might be all good and true, but this time it seems to be something completely different. Economics uh, Economist Jeffrey Frankel says this is like the 1955 movie Rebel Without a Cause oh with James Dean in it where he barely survives the game of chicken and he jumps right out of his car at the last moment and the... The, his rival uh, miscalculates and drives it off a cliff. So we're very close to not having any sort of conversation whatsoever. The only conversation we are having back and forth is saying, I'm not going to budge. The last yeah. movement was Democrats saying, let's just eliminate the debt ceiling, and they are putting a bill called the End of the Threat of Default Act to stop raising the debt ceiling and do away with it. Imagine no stop signs, no stoplights, right. no well, yield well, yeah. signs. Yeah, yeah, that's what nothing. they want. We just absolutely have a crash at that point economically, so, spending it in oblivion. Well, last week, uh, the annual meeting of all the James Bond villains, uh, <laughs> which was uh, the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. So uh, was there any major thing that happened there last week that we need to pay attention? I mean, there's a lot. I've been watching it for the last seven days. But anything on your radar screen? So the radar screen that I'm watching is what Saudi Arabia confirmed, what we've been talking about for over a year. Now they're, they're entertaining the idea that there is a clear path. This is the, from the finance minister, Mohammed uh, Al-Jadon, the head guy over there in financing, who says they're going to consider selling oil and other currencies now as a regular thing, which means the yuan or the Russian ruble. Uh, that is the death of the dollar. And then South African uh, Foreign Minister Nadidi Pandors, uh, who is confirmed uh, talking about what's happening with BRICS, and BRICS is another currency that's being formed with, between Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, and 17 countries told besides them. Now they're saying certainly that the Chinese yuan will be a prominent figure in the new BRICS currency. So my takeaway is... Simply this, the very thing that propelled us as a great nation financially, not morally, not spiritually, but financially, is the petrodollar that was established in 1974. All oil would be denominated and sold in dollars. Now we're seeing the confirmation of possibly the death of the dollar in the petrodollar, which means to all of us, if we don't get the rest of the world to buy our dollars, through a simple thing of filling your car up at the pump, and that's what this is, yep. that is the death of our overspending. It will come to an abrupt ending. So I say we're going to see other major financial challenges this year. That's why there's a discount going on in gold and silver. Call me about that, and we can help you understand how to protect yourself. Yeah, I was just about to, I was just about to ask you if that's still going on. So that is, that discount is, is still there. 5 to 15% until supplies last, usually till the end of January. But we don't have a whole lot left of time. So give us a call. We can help you understand that. No obligation. And then understanding the uh, the bail-in. Did you get the new white paper? Is that out yet? It's at the print shop. I'm going to send you cool. a copy. We'll talk about it on next Monday. I'll get you a copy this week uh, in PDF form. Excellent. And uh, how do people contact you, as always? Simple. 844 604 
844-604-2575. Again, 844-604-2575 or landmarkgold.com. All right. God bless you, buddy. We'll talk real soon. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing. I'll- Another program powered by The Truth Network.